Angel Talk is a special podcast presented by Raise for Rowan, a nonprofit organization that helps families who have lost a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. For more information on our organization or to start giving today, visit our website at www.raiseforrowan.org. This podcast would not be possible without the incredible, generous support of organizations like Smead Capital Management, Chris Hallett and Edward Jones, J&I Power Equipment, Olympia Orthopedic Associates, Robert McFadden Real Estate, Vickerman CPA Group, Timberland Bank, Academy Mortgage, and listeners just like you. And now, here's the pod. and welcome to Angel Talk. My name is Bryn Johnson and I'm the Ambitious Angel Mom. And I am here today with, again, a very special guest. I am so happy to welcome my very own sister-in-law, Emily Johnson. Hi, everyone. Emmy, I'm so <laughs> happy to have you here. I know. It's weird being on this side of it because I'm, you know, sitting in my car listening to you and your podcast. It's weird to actually be on this end of it. Yeah, I um, I feel lucky. I, I'm just thankful that you're um, brave enough and willing enough to come and, you know, talk about our journey together and kind of what you experienced within our loss. And um, you guys, this isn't like, sometimes it's nerve wracking to get up here and share our thoughts and emotions. And I'm just happy that I get a chance to spend quality time with my sister-in-law and have fun at the same time and have you here. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Um, so you guys, I know if you've been listening from day one, you probably know a little bit about my story. Um, Emily is my sister-in-law. I lost Rowan, um, gosh, six and a half years ago, almost seven. And Emily has been by my side from day one. But Emmy, let's talk about, you know, the beginning of our relationship. Um, I will never forget my brother-in-law coming over and <laughs> knocking on our living room window and it was the middle of the night and me and my husband were still just like up watching a movie and Brayden we opened the window and he's talking to us through the window and he's like I just met the most beautiful girl tonight <laughs> and so oh. of course he comes in and you guys he was just smitten and so in love with her and um it was just so cute because it was like he was coming home to tell his parents, you know, that he had met the love of his life at a bar that night. <laughs> and I think I was pregnant with someone. It must have been Rowan. Well, it was Rowan, yeah. Yeah, I was pregnant with Rowan at the time. Um, so, Emmy, um, why don't you share, you know, like a little bit about your relationship and your life prior um, to, like, us losing Rowan? Yeah, well, like you said... We met that night, and it was love at first sight, smitten from the beginning. And our relationship was just, I look back, and it was just fun. Like, it was fun all the time. We were always on the go and doing things, adventurous. He brought that side more out of me. And getting to know you, I just felt like we were two peas in a pod from the beginning. and had We had this... the same birthday. <laughs> yeah. Not year, <laughs> but same, same birthday. Day. So we do have that in common. <clears throat> yeah, I think we're very similar mm -hmm. in a lot of ways um, and different 
at the same time too. But yeah, I feel like we just hit it off and um, Braden had me move into the barn on your property with you guys. And that was fun. I just feel like it was the four of us and the kids every day. Like summers were my favorite. We would, you know, get meals together. We would be barbecuing like every day. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was such a fun time in our lives. Um, I have a barn on our property that actually has living quarters in it. So (laughs) Emily and my brother-in-law rented that space and live with us, you know, basically on our property. And I think Braden was there with us for at least five years before mm-hmm. you guys started building a home and settling down and stuff. But yep. Emily was there for about a year as well. And um, they actually got engaged um, on my back patio. Mm-hmm. We had like family dinner every weekend. And um, it was, it was just such a fun, carefree, easy time, simple time. And yeah. I think both of our lives mm-hmm. and joy, joyful. Yeah, I agree. Really every day. Um, okay. So tell us more. So, uh, you guys got engaged. Yep. We got engaged. Um, and from the beginning, from the beginning, um, we both sat down, you know, like you talk about wedding plans, where do you want to get married? All this stuff. We just, we were so dead set on getting in, or married that summer. So we got engaged in June, was it? Or May? It was like right around springtime. And we're like, let's do it. Let's do it September. And we just didn't want to wait. We were so excited to be married and start that phase of our life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we, I think my mom was like, well, we have 97 days if that's the date you're picking. And we're like, let's do it. And Brayden was actually very proactive in all of the Um, wedding planning. He wanted to say in almost everything, which I did appreciate. So we Mm -hmm. kind of got to enjoy that together. That was so cool. Yeah. And Rowan got to be in their wedding. Yes. She was our flower girl. And they actually got married two weeks before Rowan passed away. And Mm -hmm. um, we are forever blessed with these like beautiful, amazing professional photos of Rowan. And that's actually probably what what our viewers have seen, um, a lot of the professional pictures that we share of Rowan, you know, on our social media outlets and stuff, are photos from their from their wedding. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful that we have those, you know, yeah. to look back on. Um, not only to capture her, but we also, like, captured that um, simplicity of what our life used to be, you yeah. know. And, yeah, that's true. And what a special time that, like, she got to be a part of that. Um Yeah, so that was about two weeks before um, Rowan passed was when they got married. And you guys got married at Papa's house. Yep, we did. And we drove away in Cody's old Ford. Yes. I loved that truck. I know. It was so, so (laughs) special and cute. Yeah. Uh, We laugh about it still. Like, Rowan was their flower girl, and she was, like, having an attitude (laughs) beyond that day. Yeah. And, um... Obviously, she was supposed to be the flower girl, but she was, like, throwing a fit and fighting with her brother, and Emily had these cute little jean vests that all the, you know, girls were wearing, or Mm -hmm. that Rowan was supposed to wear, and um, she hated it. She didn't want to wear it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I just, I still crack up because I have a picture of her throwing a huge fit, and she's, like, screaming. (laughs) I don't know at who, but she's, like, 
mouth open screaming yes, in this I photo holding her jean jacket and she's just so mad that she has to wear it <laughs> i'm like okay oh you don't gosh. have to wear it yeah and then like we literally contemplated like putting her down for a nap because we didn't know if she was gonna pull through and be a nice yeah. baby but guess what when it was showtime she did what she needed to do and mm-hmm. she walked down the aisle and i'm just so thankful that she was a part of the special day and yeah um, and she hung out with us all morning like she we did. had gone yeah. to breakfast at Sandstone and then out to Randy's to get ready. Um, oh, and our pictures and of her doing makeup. Yeah, she was in all my girlfriends, all the bridesmaids' makeup, and she was just one of the girls she getting was. ready. That was so sweet. Yeah, it was fun. I'm forever thankful for those photos. So thankfully we got to experience that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk about, obviously we've shared with you guys like how I think we really both felt like our lives were pretty at ease and like dang near perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, you know, share with our listeners how the loss of Rowan like personally impacted your life, you know, being so close with us and mm-hmm. it being within your immediate circle? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously we had, me and Braden had been together for about three years and I felt like so a part of the family. Like, I don't feel like I just took his last name. I really truly felt just like family, like blood to you guys. And watching. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hard. Watching, like falling in love with the family and um, watching them go through something so terrible and you can't fix it. I mean, you were my best friend and sister. I don't even introduce you as sister-in-law. I just feel that close to you. And seeing you broken broke me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard that from so many others too. Like, you just want to fix it. And yeah, we know on our end, like, it's unfixable, you know, and... I think it's so unsettling to hear those words, though, like, you can't fix it. Like, there's really, truly nothing right. that's going to fix the pain that, you know, we're experiencing. Right. But not only that, but, like, you're experiencing your own pain from the <clears throat> loss as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because she was, you know, 17 months old, but she still, I mean, she would come over to the barn, you know, and you just hear this tiny little knock on the door and knowing it's her and she would always go for the duck call or just go into the kitchen and be like Uncle B, like looking for Brayden. She just was such a part of day-to-day life and I'm so grateful that I got to know her on such a personal level. Yeah. Like that. Me too. Like those are the things of, I I, I really truly believe in like God's timing. Mm-hmm. Um and not that I feel like God took her from me. I feel that she was sent here to to serve a purpose and to live a short but powerful life. And, right. and when I think about, like, God's timing and all of it, I think, you know, he made sure she was here to be a part of your life and, mm-hmm. and make an impact and be a part of your and Brayden's wedding and yeah. be, you know, with every single member of our family and your family before she went to heaven, mm-hmm. you know? 
And so when I think of those moments, I'm like, you know, what if she would have passed a week before your wedding? Right. And, and not everybody in the family had a chance right. to see her and we didn't have a chance to get those photos. And, you know, what if, you know, you never got a chance to bond with her, you know, right. I really do think the more I've thought about it and went over all the details, because that's, I think, pretty normal what we do when mm-hmm. we're grieving, right? As we go through every single detail of your child's life and, you know, the what ifs and then what if I did this or what if, you know, what if the situation was different? But mm-hmm. every time I've went over it a million times over the years, I always think, well, if you know, like this was the outcome. I feel like it was the right time. Yeah. And I hate even admitting that or saying that out loud because it, it almost seems like I'm saying it's okay. Right. And I, I don't feel right saying that still mm-hmm. um, because it isn't okay. It's never okay. It's like we, we lose our child and we don't want to say it's okay. But yeah, it's unnatural. I, it is unnatural. But I do have to say out of if it, if it would have happened any other time, I just think it yeah. would have been – worse. Like I do think this was in God's divine timing to make sure she was a part of everything mm-hmm. that we needed to celebrate. And so she could say goodbye to everybody and leave a lasting impression. Yeah. It, it definitely would have felt like she was, I mean, a big chunk of our big day, mm-hmm. like would that would have been ruined not having her there. So I, I know what you mean by being, you know, grateful for the timing, which is a weird way to say it, but. Right. I think it totally gives you a different mindset after you experience such extreme loss. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm sure if somebody listening to this podcast hasn't, you know, been impacted by a significant loss in their life, it mm-hmm. might sound really, really crazy yeah. to even hear those yeah. words. And you know what? That's okay too, because I think we're all on um, obviously different parts of our healing phases and stages. And I'm to that point where I can look at it in that way. Right. And I wouldn't have been able to look at it that way maybe two years ago. Right. You know, so I think in time it, it just gets different, you know, Mm -hmm. our grief. So, you know, I want to kind of fast forward to, you know, after we, we lost Rowan, um, obviously our whole family was just completely right. I mean, crumbled. Mm -hmm. You've been by my side since day one. Um, and I know that was hard for you. Like literally it was hard, so hard, but like you just doing those little things to be by my side made such a huge difference. Um, with me feeling like I actually really did have support and like Mm -hmm. companionship because even though I know it was heavy, you know, I didn't feel like I could tell you everything, but just knowing that like you were there was huge. Right. Um, and then, I mean, like, for your own sanity, like, how did you take care of yourself at that time? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think I even, like, super worried about myself because I'm, like, my level of pain is nowhere near yours. I think we still just wanted to, I mean, I wanted to see you every day and just make sure not, I mean, that you were okay, which I know you're not, but I just didn't want you to be alone. I've talked, you know, in the past on some of these podcasts about how it took me about three years before I started going to therapy. And when I really hit like a rock bottom moment, 
in my grief, it was about the three mile, three year mile marker. And it was honestly because I had finally made the decision. I wanted to get off my antidepressants Mm -hmm. and I felt like I got kicked in the gut all over again, like feeling that just like realness of this is my life. Like I don't have anything to soften the blow anymore. I, and I felt it so hardcore that I was like broken all over again. Like it felt fresh and new, like a whole new wound. Um, and at that time I remember really you were one of the only people I could confide in, you know, and, and I know that's such a heavy burden for you to have to listen to. But, um, Emily had actually been going to a therapist at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me like, you should just go see her. Yes. And she called her therapist, you guys, and gave up her appointment to get <laughs> me in because she wasn't accepting new clients. And she ba- basically begged her therapist to yeah, um, see me instead of her. And so that's the day. I mean, at that time is when I started therapy. And thankfully, our, our therapist took me on as a new client because she right. probably realized I was a hot and I needed as much help as I could get. I do remember telling her about you because I talked about a lot of people in my life. Yeah. Well, that just helped me so much too, because I don't think for some odd reason in the beginning stages of my grief, I was really against going to to therapy or counseling. And um, you gave me that nudge to go. It's like I needed that reassurance and that um, encouragement from you or from a friend to actually do it. And to any of you out there that are listening, you know, that are, that you're a support system for somebody else that's grieving, be that, um, that nudger for them, like nudge them into things that maybe they're uncomfortable to do on their own, because I'm so thankful that you nudged me into that. You didn't even really nudge me. You're like, I'm calling Joanne right now <laughs> yes. and I'm going to see if she can just take, you can take my spot Yeah, because I wouldn't have done that on my own. I wouldn't have made a call. Right. And if I wouldn't have made a call, I mean, it's like, how long am I going to keep putting off, like, trying to get help? Right. Um, because I've shared this before, too, but therapy for me, I, I was so against it. And I had a wall up, you know, for the first few appointments because I think that's natural. Right. But the more I went, the more I enjoyed it and the better it felt to get, like, these things off your chest that maybe you had never been able to share with anybody else mm-hmm. before. And guess what? They are paid to listen to you. (laughs) So even when you feel crazy sitting in their chair and you're literally just dumping all your baggage on them, you don't have to feel guilty about it because that's what, that's what their profession is. That is what they're there to do is let you, you know, share all, all of the things that you pack around every day as baggage. And they're there to help you navigate through it, whether it be, you know, your pain, your grief your sorrow, your anger. Um, and I'm so glad I did that. Right. So thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I had, I was reluctant to go as well, but just sort of thought, you know what, I mean, what else am I going to do? Like, why not just give it a try? Cause I'm like, and part of me is like, you know, I don't want to tell a stranger my problems. Like, right. (laughs) I don't know this person and I'm going to come in and tell like my deepest feelings or thoughts or problems. Like they don't care. They don't know me, but yeah it's the best thing I've ever done. And I still go. Yeah. I still go. And I'm proud of you for going. We actually like both love our therapist. (laughs) I don't go see her anymore. Um, I kind of, I've, I finally feel that I'm to a really great place 
that I don't need to go as often, you know, but I still um, make sure that Emily tells her hi for me because I really do love her and she helped me through the worst time of my life. Yeah. And I do feel that way as well. Like she's helped me work through a lot of fears and, you know, problems that I felt like I had. Um, I like keeping her there, but also I I feel that the Bible study we're in together Mm -hmm. has also been a great outlet because I'm, I'm, I'm strengthening my faith and I feel like that's helped in every area of my life. 100%. I Mm -hmm. I agree one completely. And I think that's, um, been a huge part of just like my healing too, Mm -hmm. is really just turning to the Lord and turning to, to my faith. And that's really what's gotten me through. Right. I'm so thankful you guys included me in that group because for a while I sort of felt guilty that I wasn't, you know, going to church every Sunday like I grew up doing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't involved in anything. And I definitely felt I was missing that. And I feel so much better going to Bible study regularly now. Yeah. I think no matter what stage you're in with your grief or even in life, like maybe you haven't lost a child or maybe um, you are listening to this podcast because you're a support system for somebody. But I do think the camaraderie of like-minded women that are positive influences in your life is really helpful. Right. Um, I can attest, and I know Emily can attest that like we have just this weekly women's group that we meet and, um, you know, we, we share a lot with each other. We share mm-hmm. our deepest struggles and um, also our greatest accomplishments. And it is so powerful to be with women that you don't feel judgment from, mm-hmm. um, that support you, and can also help keep you accountable on your path and your journey. Um, because let's be honest, we all have friends in our life that, you know, are going to be our biggest cheerleaders. Right. But sometimes we don't need just a cheerleader if we're not making the right decisions. Mm-hmm. We need real friendships that can keep us accountable for our actions and um, help us be the best versions of ourselves. And I think that's been a tremendous part and help in my own healing. And I just recommend it for anybody listening to this podcast. You know, start start your own group of women that you can do this with. And Sorry, I don't mean to leave the men out because I'm sure we have some men listeners too. But I just think, yeah, find a support system that you um, can utilize and share, you know, things with that maybe you're not going to talk to every single friend that you have about and people that can lift you up and keep you accountable. Yeah. Um, so you and Brayden, uh, not long after you got married, got pregnant. Yep. <laughs> and we have my my nephew, Braxton. Yes, he's five now. Yes. So, yeah, it's been a while. Well, we are actually pregnant together. I'm sure some of you guys know that, too, but <laughs> me and Emily were pregnant together. So Monroe and Braxton are two months apart in age, and they are kind of like brother and sister. Yeah, they've grown up so close. Yeah, they're hysterical. They kind of fight like brother <laughs> and sister um, and love like brother and sister yeah. more than cousins. Oh, yeah. Because they, they spend have a, a lot deep of time. friendship. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun to watch them grow. They're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I think Emily already knows this, but I got to share with the listeners because it's <laughs> cracking me up. But it, my daughter took a mask to preschool today because she wanted to scare people. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, why do you want to scare people? And she was like wearing this mask around the house, running around. She's, I'm going to scare people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why are you so weird? <laughs> well, Braxton's into dressing himself now. Oh, and he will not go anywhere without his cowboy hat. I know. So it doesn't matter what he's wearing. Today, he wanted to wear all camo. All camo and his dad's old belt and a cowboy hat. <laughs> it's fun to watch their personalities just develop. I know. They're hysterical. Yeah. I'm like, are you sure you don't want to wear jeans or like a different coat? Nope. Two different camos. <laughs> um, when you were pregnant and after Braxton was born, did the loss of Rowan, you know, kind of give you underlying fears or did that do anything on your parenting you know did that affect your parenting style at all yeah I I definitely had the baby blues <laughs> but I also and I know lots of parents feel this way you, you know you're you're worried you worry about your kids no matter what mm -hmm. but I had this constant fear that that he that something was going to happen to him and I could just picture um, so the same thing happening to Brax that happened to Rowan. And I, I definitely parented out of fear. I didn't want him to like fall or get hurt. And I didn't trust anybody to watch him, you know, other than the, my closest family, like you, um, and my mom and dad and Randy, the papa, but it was, you know, my mother-in-law, it was pretty much just, I only trusted you. And then Braden and my parents. Mm -hmm. I just had a real fear with it. Um, I had a hard time leaving him, which I know is a lot for new parents. Yeah. And everyone will go through that when you have like your first child. It's scary to, it is to be responsible for this little life. Um, but yeah, I definitely was afraid. Yeah. I was, I had a lot of fear. Do you think it's gotten easier like the older Braxton's got or do you still struggle with that I think it's it's gotten easier the older he's got but I've also you know gone through therapy and like gotten help with that I think bible study is a big help with that mm -hmm. and I can't live my life worrying about the future like I want to live today make the most of today mm -hmm. so and I think too not keep him in a bubble. Right. And I, I struggle with the same thing. Like we right. can't keep our kids in a bubble. Right. Even though we want to. <laughs> yeah. Like I, well, me and Emily both already cry with knowing that Monroe and Braxton will be going to um, kindergarten this coming year. Yeah. So we've got eight months left with them. And we were just talking about it a few days ago and we were both like getting teary eyed crying. <laughs> so we're, I know <laughs> we're already, um, planning on taking that day off of work and we're yeah. going to hang out after we drop the kids off at I know. school because it's like not it's like closing a chapter of their like their babyhood days are yes. over. they're going to school and they're literally not in our care or just our immediate family's care they're going to school right and and that is like that's scary for us like that is just <laughs> I'm sure parents can relate right we're not crazy but yeah I mean I'm sure there's also parents out there that are like clapping and you know doing a <laughs> jig outside the school like my yeah. kids are gone <laughs> well especially after like homeschooling for the yeah. last year I'm sure parents are excited for full-time school yeah for and sure. I'm like 
well, maybe I can text his teacher, you know, a few times a day. I'm like, no, don't do that. I think you can email him. <laughs> okay, I'll email. Or they actually have apps now called Class Dojo. We use that here. Okay, and, good. Um, it's it's handy because the teacher can message you or you can message them. Yeah, I've been talking to Brax a lot about kindergarten and he's just so excited. So I think that's made it easier on me mm-hmm. is he cannot wait to go to kindergarten with, you know, Minnie and uh, Reagan, Riley, JC, like all so these cousins yes. together. So seeing that and his excitement has made it a little bit easier for me. Yeah. We have such a big family, you guys, and I can say that going through this loss and this tragedy with the family, I feel like has really brought everybody together. Not that it, it was always close, mm-hmm. but this has like given us a different level of a bond. I think it's deeper. It's a deeper, yeah. Like yeah. it's just a very deep bond. And I don't know, I'm so grateful that I had had that because I know, you know, from working here at Race for Rowan, you know, we offer assistance for families that obviously suffer the loss of a child. I know that not everybody has that. Right. And those are the families that my heart hurts for the most because I don't feel like everybody gets a built-in support system. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you don't have that built-in support system, find a support group that you can look at like a local hospital. They usually have them. Um, or, you know, obviously do your own research online and see if you can find, you know, at least loss and grief support groups, but specifically you want to find somebody for child loss, but just having a support system in general is huge. Um, I want to get back to our kids because they're so fun to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, as we said, Braxton's five do you feel like he has a relationship with Rowan? Yeah. Of his own? Yeah, I do. And, you know, we have our pictures up in our house. You know, I have one on my fridge, right by his bedroom. I have one of her from our wedding, a couple. And, um, you know, I, I find feathers, too, a lot. And so I have a big box of them. And we talk about her all the time. She just sort of will come up naturally in conversation or we'll be playing... Candyland, and he's like, did Rowan play this game? Like, did she like this game? And I, I feel like she has made her little presence, even though, you know, he wasn't here when she was alive. He truly feels like he knows her. I love that. Yeah. And I feel that Monroe is that way, too. Yeah. Like, they... I, I'm glad that we haven't, um, you know kept quiet, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we've been so open with our kids after losing Rowan and we just include her and in everything. And she just comes up in conversations because I feel like it's not weird to our kids. And like, no. it's not like we talk about her 24 seven. Right. Because I think, you know, obviously that's probably not normal or healthy either. Right. But who's to say what's normal, but this right. works for us. And I love that our kids include her and think of her Mm -hmm. all the time like it's it's special yeah and he definitely knows like she's in heaven and you know I recently lost a grandfather last year and you know Braxton was there comforting me and he's like well he's he's with uh Rowan now like it's so it is so so sweet. sweet 
And then you guys all know we have a sissy sign segment, <laughs> which I love sharing our sissy signs. So, Emily, do you have a sissy sign that you can share with us? Oh, I have. I mean, there's a few. I feel like I get signs all the time. Um, definitely when Braxton communicates to me that he's either thinking about her, you know, I feel like that's her sort of saying hi to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, through my work, I've met quite a few people that either had a very close friend or a family member lose a child. And, you know, my, I'm an esthetician, so I'm, you know, I have a personal relationship with some of my clients. And when you're in them, a room with them for like an hour or two hours, you kind of like, you know, you can have a good conversation. You sort of bond with them. And a lot of women have opened up to me about their recent loss or their friend's recent loss. And I've been able to direct them, you know, to you and your story. And they're like shocked, you know, that they, you know, either hadn't heard of it or that there's somebody that, that has a charity to help with this, um, with child loss and funeral costs and all that. So I I love to get to share your story organically with people. And I think that's um, a part of our alignment too, of like, you never know whose path you're going to cross that might need to hear that information. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think it's an accident that these people, you know, come to Derma and their, you know, appointment is made with Emily. I feel like it's, um, I feel like that's got to be God, like sending them to see you, to get that message, to receive that message. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And do you think Braxton gets to see signs? I do. Like, we find feathers a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the, her little ways of saying hi to us. And, uh, yeah, I I think the feathers. So out of all of this, you know, do you have any tips or advice that you can recommend to our listeners on, you know, not only how to support yourself during your time of loss, but also how to support somebody so close to you um, during such hard times? Yeah, I I feel like the best advice I can get is there's nothing really you can say or, or do to make it better, but just letting them know they aren't alone, whether it was me bringing you a coffee or going to lunch or, you know, taking a milestone day off of work and, you know, let's let's just spend time together. Let's do something I... I think if you're just there for them and you don't ever let them feel alone, mm-hmm. that's kind of the best best way to show support. Um, for myself, I don't know. I don't know. I I had to rely on Braden a lot, but then, you know, he relied on me a lot um, for comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard, but we also had gotten pregnant so quickly with Braxton that we tried to focus on that positive and, and still enjoy that time, too. Yeah. And I can't even imagine, too, like, literally this tragedy happening two weeks after you guys had been married. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're trying to just, you know, basically start life, you know, as two young kids, really. Yeah. Um, and then have tragedy strike. And, you know, I think it's that is a huge challenge in itself that you guys had to endure that at the very beginning of a new marriage. And you guys hadn't even been together that long. You know, you guys got married Mm -hmm. fairly quickly. Yeah. um, And you've 
been able to overcome, you know, a lot of obstacles already in your Mm -hmm. marriage, which says a lot. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. I think it's made our bond deeper. Right. I agree. For sure. Well, I'm just so thankful for you. Thank you for always being there for me and um, being my huge support system. Like, you don't know how much it means to me. It's, you've definitely gotten me through my worst days for sure. Yeah. Well, you've taught me, like, you can be strong no matter what. So thank you. I love that.